Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday and welcome to The Buddhist Biohacker. Welcome to my YouTube channel. Please don't forget to click subscribe if you have not already. My name is Lisa Gunshore and I am your demystification guide. And I am so excited to be here again this week for another fabulous show. And good morning. Lots of you guys are joining in the live, so welcome in. We love it. Um, good morning, Carrie. I see your comment already. Please, please, please share it where you're from. Um, say good morning. I'd love to hear how your week went this week. It's been an interesting week with the new moon. And I would love to welcome our special guest, brand new to Buddhist biohacker, Adrian Blackwell. Welcome, Adrian. Hi. Hi. Yay. We finally did this. I was really excited to make this happen. And I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's so good. So I want to start out because you're new to the community. I think there's a lot of people who probably don't know who you are and what you do for you to just share a little bit about who you are and, and what you're up to these days. Well, my name is Adrian Blackwell. I am considered a celebrity healer. And what I do is I help people create the lives that they really want by learning how to manifest and removing the blocks. And um, one of the things that I love most about what I do is that a lot of people have heard like of the law of attraction. I'm sure everybody has heard that at this point, 20 years later, um, have learned in the, uh, the law of attraction. A lot of people used it and they thought they, they either did it wrong or it just doesn't work. And so they really don't know the secret on how to really create and manifest. And so I teach people that and I teach them literally how to master it. I love that so much. And I want to hear your story. I want to know how, how did this all happen for you? Like, how did you get started in your own healing practice? <laughs> I was born. <laughs> That's my story right there. I was born. I was born to do this. And I know I was born to do this. And I always tell people that I remember being like five years old and my, my fantasy was like taking fairy dust and sprinkling it on people's houses so that they would be happy. Oh, and, <laughs> and I'm like, my dream came true. I do not fly around and I do not have fairy dust, but I go into people's homes. I don't have to fly anymore because we have the internet. We have phones. Um, I don't have to fly and I get to make people happy. I really get to, to bring joy into people's lives. And so that was how my story really began was that dream that I had at five years old. Um, and then from there, um, my mother handed me a book by Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Yeah. And I was, I was 12 years old when I read that. And I tried the affirmation thing and it worked. And I was like, oh, I got to remember that for the future. <laughs> I was 12 and I was like, I got to remember that for the future. So I put the book down after like, you know, three weeks of playing with it. And I was just like, oh my God, it works. Um, and then I didn't read it again until I was 19. And then it became like my Bible. It was in my purse. It was in my car. I'd get another copy when that one got worn down. And I would just use it and use it and use it. And I learned from there. And then at the same time, I had just had my daughter. I was like 19 years old. And I was like, how do I help this planet? Because I refuse to work for anybody else ever again. Because I've been working since I was like 12. And uh, I, I wanted to become a massage therapist. And I don't know how I was planning on doing this. Because listen to this. So I go <laughs> to do the whole massage therapy thing. And they tell me that um, the course doesn't even start for another six months. And I was like, I can't just sit around and do nothing for six months. Like I can't do it. So there was this college called the Twin Lakes of Healing Arts. 
And I go there and I'm like, hey, do you guys have a massage therapy class? And they were like, no, we do more of like healing work. And I'm like, well, what is that? So I go in and I have a conversation with them and I was supposed to take Brima. Like I was like, can you keep your clothes on when you do this? Like, how was I planning on doing massage therapy when I have to take my clothes off? So it didn't really make sense, but I actually asked them like, do you get to keep your clothes on? You know, what, what is it? So finally I was like, okay, I'll take it. The woman tells me specifically, now I'm at the school. So this woman tells me specifically that I do not have to pay for the course right now. I have the money in hand, but she's like, you can just come like the day of the class. It's fine. So it was like two weeks later, my car broke down. So I had to take the bus to get to this place. And when I get there, she's like, oh my God, I've been trying to call you for the last hour. Where have you been? I'm like, I was on the bus. It took me like 90 minutes to get here. And she said, the class got filled up. She's like, which is really unusual, but the class got filled up. And so you can't take the class. Mm. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, what else do I take? Like, do you have anything else starting today? And I get to keep my clothes on. Like that literally was all I needed. <laughs> and she said, yeah, we have Reiki. And I'm like, what's that? And she goes, well, <laughs> kind of hard to explain. And I was like, hey, I get to keep my clothes on, whatever. Let's go. I want to do this. And that was how I got introduced into Reiki. And Reiki changed my life. I'm not going to lie. Like Reiki had like the doors open for me. And then I learned how to become a Reiki master, a Reiki teacher. From there, I learned medical Qigong. From there, I learned reflexology. I learned massage. I learned shamanic healing. I learned theta healing. I learned reconnection, regenesis. I did not stop. And I did that for 12 years. And, uh, and that's how I started my journey is I actually just started working on myself. Yeah. And then it was like one day, you know, I went from being a celebrity psychic doing TV and radio and everything and thinking that was who I was and that was my life. Okay. If you had asked me, who are you? I would have said, I'm a psychic. And people would be like, is that really who and what you are? I eat, breathe and sleep it. That's what I am. And then one day it was like, I, I embodied the healing work and I started giving my clients like free 15 minute sessions on my psychic clients. And that was it. They were like, can I buy a package and do that? And mm -hmm. so it completely got transformed to where I didn't do psychic readings anymore. I started watching the miracle of healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think there is just an, uh, there's typically, I would say uh, some kind of transition from reading people into just doing the deep healing work, you know, that, cause that's really what you're doing anyways, you know, when you're sharing and pointing to truth is okay. You know, this is, this is what you have to do. Cause I don't know about you, but you get a lot. I went through that period as a psychic reader where you get, a, they keep coming back with the same stuff. And eventually it's like, no, we really have to fix what's broken, right? Like we can't keep talking about what's going to happen because what's happening is what you create, right? It's like, it goes against your, your own universal laws when you start looking at it that way. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You got to get, you got to get something done about the past. And if you can't, then you stay stuck. And that's just human nature. I mean, you go through trauma and, and people will start repeating the same stories over and over again of their trauma. And they start creating the same scenarios and they wonder, like, I just left that man over there and then I attracted a new one and it's the same man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> same issues, right? Or you move into a house and it's, it's this is one I've actually seen. So you move into a house that's moldy and then every time you move the house is moldy like you attract the same thing over it's mm -hmm. crazy it's crazy when you stop it and you actually look at it and you're like what is my pattern what is my loop 
-hmm. And then people don't think they're responsible for that thing or that they're attracting it. And then we, we look at it and go, well, why didn't that person experience it then? If you're not attracting it, why is it, why is it just happening to you Mm -hmm. when there's a billion different scenarios and you keep attracting the same one, Mm -hmm. the odds of that, you know, so um, if we were really looking at statistics, like what are the odds? If you have a billion different things that you could be experiencing and you keep experiencing the same thing, really, what are the odds? I'd like somebody to tell me that one. <laughs> it can't be good odds at all, but yeah, it keeps happening. And I think there is the proof, but you know, you help people find the proof. You help people understand that. And here's my, I'm one of those people. I'm a control freak. No matter how much healing I do, there's a level of control freakishness in me. <laughs> I got rid of a lot of it, but it's still there. And so when it comes to like being a control freak, you really hate the idea that you're somebody else's victim. And you really hate the idea that you have no control over the situation. But as soon as somebody tells you you have control, you freak out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not to blame for this situation. It's not my fault. And then it's like, well, how do you have both? Like, how do you be a victim and then not be a victim at the same time. (laughs) So you actually have to think about like, it's upsetting at first. And then you get to a point where you realize, well, if I can take responsibility, not blame, but if I can take responsibility for where I am energetically, I keep creating this thing. That means I can change it. Mm -hmm. That means I can change it. And so when you're able to change it, uh, you realize you have all the power of the world. Yeah. And it becomes the most amazing thing ever after that. But at first it's, it's shocking. Yeah. Well, and how do you, like, where do you start with your, your patients and your clients with that? Because, you know, where, where's the starting point to get to the self-responsibility, right? Cause that is a big part of it is recognizing that we create our lives and that what we're creating is perpetuating a pattern that somehow is serving us? Like, what's your starting point? It's so simple and it's so easy and it's so lovely. I start with, what do you want in your life? Hmm. Because if you can get into the joy of, I know exactly what I want to create. I know exactly how I want my future to look. And sometimes the only thing a person knows is what they don't want. And that's enough because if you can tell me what you're tired of experiencing, we know where to start, right? We're like, okay, so there's a pattern you want to get rid of. So what is the opposite of that thing? What do you want to experience on the other side? And um, a lot of times people can't heal because they don't know what they, they want the end thing to be. They only know that they want it, you know, whatever they're experiencing to end. And then other times they know exactly what they want and both are a starting point for us Mm -hmm. to get to the other side. And that's what I I tell people too about the psychic stuff. You know, what got tiring for me is going, okay, this is the road that you're on. This is what's happening. As a healer, I get to go, what road do you want to be on? And let's get you there. Mm -hmm. So that's really the starting point. And then we can start looking at what are the patterns, what created that, how we get beyond that. And um, a lot of times when you're doing the healing work, you're, you're really just changing belief systems so that people can start believing in themselves enough to take the action that they need and take the right action. Because what you'll find is that when you're panicked, when you're afraid, when you're just tired of the same thing happening over and over again, you actually don't make good decisions. And it's no different than, um, being on a plane. And if they didn't tell you that, you know, if there's an emergency, these things are going to come down that you have to put on your face. 
you would panic, you would freak out and you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't put it on your face and you would die. Mm -hmm. Probably, you know, if it gets to that point where you need that, that oxygen to survive. And so it's, it's the, it's getting you prepared. It's, it's teaching you how to deal with those energies is teaching you how to deal with your own traumas, teaching you how to deal with your own emotions so that you're like, I'm not going to panic. I know exactly what to do to fix this situation. That's crazy. Amazing to be prepared Mm -hmm. to energetically know, to mentally know, to spiritually know that you can handle anything. All of a sudden the decisions aren't that hard to make. And so you start making better decisions. You start using your intuition instead of your fear-based thinking, mm-hmm. what they call what the reptilian mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you stop using that to make your decisions. And that's an incredible journey on its own because you're like, wow, I'm capable. I made a decision on my own. It was a good decision. It worked out great, you know, when it didn't before. So there's so many ways of doing this, but that's what can happen when you change a belief system. But for a lot of people, if the trauma is too hard and too deep, it doesn't work. You can change the belief system, but you don't change the pattern. You don't change the fear underneath it, right? It's still there. Your inner child is still like, I'm hiding, I'm scared. No, I don't want to deal with this. Then the adult you is like, oh, no, I'm fine because I don't feel it anymore. I'm like, there's a subconscious mind under there. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to change the experience, change what you're experiencing in, in your life, and then everything changes. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. It is. Well, and you bring up a good point. You know, when as when you get a psychic reading or if you are a psychic giving a reading, what you're looking at is the current trajectory of what you're creating. That's ultimately what we're reading is your current timeline based on what you're creating. And it's easy to get caught up in, well, what's next and what's going to happen? And does this person like me? And is this thing going to happen versus stepping back and doing the real work, which is looking at why this trajectory is even in front of you in the first place and what you're creating. And like you said, being able to say, what do you want to create? I mean, that's really what it comes down to when you are receiving information. So yeah, the days of predicting things, I mean, there's always a a place for that, but um, I agree with you where it's much more supportive for, for everyone to be able to really work on the, what you're creating, why you're creating what you want to have versus focusing on what's actually going to happen. Because that, that could change based on what you decide to do inside your own subconscious, right? Yep. And that is the beauty of psychic readings too, because you start to do them differently. And you know that it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're still going to give you control over your life. This is just where you are. Do you want to change it or not? You know, it's up to you. And so that really gives the power back to the person to go, you, I'm just telling you this so you can change it or go with it one or the other. Yeah, exactly. And, And that's exactly it, Adrian. And I think that's what a lot of us are shifting into is it's really about giving the power back to you as an individual. Like you have this power and ability and, and, you know, there's a lot of teachers who still aren't doing that. And I think it's really important for everybody out there who's listening when you're making a decision to connect with a reader or a healer or the channel or an intuitive or whatever language they're using is to really look at what are they pointing to? Are they pointing you back to yourself? Or are they pointing you to X, Y, Z that they want you to buy? That's how you tell the difference between <laughs> authenticity and not, right? <laughs> you said X, Y, Z that they want you to buy. This is so true. 
It is. I mean, we talk about this stuff all the time on the show, you know, all the BS that's out there and um, there's a lot of it. And so it's really important, you know, what, what you're bringing up today, Adrian, is really important because there is a lot of truth in, in uh, whether you're working as a psychic or a medium or whatever you're doing is being able to say, I'm, it's a reading, I'm reading your energy and looking at what's to come. It's not a a telling or a taking your power away or a control mechanism. And if it is, then you're not with the right reader is what I would say. Yeah, it's true. And I always like to say that, you know, everybody's on their own journey and not every reader has that information to be able to empower people yet. And so they're at the start of their journey. Um, and eventually people get there. Most people get there, but you still have to be cautious and, and go, is this person at the beginning of their journey or in the middle or they towards the end of their journey and have 30 years experience or whatever? Um, you know, you can actually do your homework and do your research first. And not saying that people who are just beginning can't be this way, but it's just recognizing that everybody is at a certain stage of their journey. And so uh, not everybody is going to be a good fit for where you are. Mm-hmm. So... We have a great comment. Um, Hope is sharing. I have had such limiting beliefs about myself and success, and I know that I cannot continue that way. I need to support myself and my four kids, and I'm trying to get that confidence back. So thank you for sharing that hope and being vulnerable about that. And yeah, I mean, we all have those limiting beliefs. We all have blocks to success. And, you know, Adrian, I don't know about you. I don't know how, how, uh, is controversial the right word we want to get on YouTube, but, um, (laughs) I have noticed that a lot of these these limiting beliefs we have as healers, as empaths, as intuitives, as psychics, whatever you want term you want to use, those blocks to success have a lot to do with what success looks like in our society, and it doesn't look pretty, and and, and it's full of a lot of ego, and it's full of a lot of elite and control and power, and and so there's this association with that, and I think that's part of our block is, well, I can't be successful as, you know, a spiritual person because spiritual people aren't successful, or spiritual people don't have those things or that ego or that, right? There's all that, those programs, those tastes that play, right? <laughs> I think you were just talking about my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing. But no, it's true. I I that was the reason I didn't want to be a healer. In the first <laughs> in the first 12 years of my life. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't for the simple fact that it gave me 12 years of learning to do. But I'm telling you, people would be like, you're going to be a healer. I had psychics tell me for years, different psychics, you're going to be a healer. And I'd be like, I'm not a healer. And in my mind, it was because success in society comes from having a magical power. And me being able to predict your future and tell you stuff that is astounding and that actually you think I'm crazy, but three months later it happened is where you're going to get your success from is where you're going to get your money, your recognition, the referrals. And by the way, being, being a great psychic does not always bring referrals because I would attract people. And, and, and thankfully this happened. I would attract people who are like, I don't want to share you with people because then I'm not going to be able to get in. You're going to have a year or two year waiting list. And people would literally hoard me like no joke, hoard me. Right. So I even had, when I finally told people that I wasn't going to do this anymore, I had people email me and like, there's no other good psychic out there that I found. Like you have to keep doing this. And I'm like, 
I was like, I really created this whole scenario where this is who I am. <laughs> like, this is really nuts. And so I didn't think people would pay me to be a healer. I didn't feel like that's where the attention was, where the money was, where the success was. And so I was like, no, that's not what I do. And it, it really comes down to exactly what you just said, which is our society's kind of idea of what success is, how you get there, what it looks like, what is success. And I just did this interview on the Lavish Abundance show. And I was like, success is different for different people. Like I had a conversation with somebody who was telling me success is a tiny house. Like they want to live in a tiny house. Like they want to create <laughs> a tiny house. And I'm like, that is not my version of success, but that is success in itself. That, that explains what you're saying, which is for each and every one of us, it should be our own story, what we want in the end. And most times when you actually really tap into helping people figure out what it is that they really want, it's not their version out there of success. It's not your family's version. It's not society's version. It's not the norm. Most people actually want something different. And that could be in your love life. You want a non-traditional relationship. In your finances, maybe you just want to work enough to be a little more than comfortable. You want to be, you know, just where you don't have to struggle for anything anymore. The struggle is gone. And after that, you just want to travel. Like you don't want to spend your time being productive all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, yeah, once we get out of society's version of success and we get into our own version of success, success is actually a lot easier to obtain. And for some people, it might be a millionaire with the, you know, a mansion, but that's your version. So you can go after that. Not everybody's going to get that because that's not what they want. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You have to define what success really looks like for you without the programming that we've been given about what it's supposed to look like, you know, and how it's supposed to feel. And there's also those tapes that play in our head that, you know, we have to have, like you said, the magical power, like, well, that person is a successful musician and they're radically successful because they have this special thing. And so I think, you know, this whole time period we're in, this global awakening, this age of Aquarius wave that we've moved into is this realization that we each have these unique inherent gifts and that we are all meant to be successful. You know, there's this pyramid that we've been operating on and the pyramid is the leader up here and there, and it trickles down and then there's all of us down here. And what's happening is that pyramid is inverting and all of us are meant to live in this abundance and in this life oh, yeah. and, and sharing our gifts. And so it takes courage to step into your own gifts it takes courage to accept responsibility for what you've created, even if it wasn't very good, especially if it isn't very good. You have to have the courage to say, you know what? I just created this pile of poo and now I have to go fix it and do something different when you agree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just created this pile of poo. Yeah. <laughs> That's my it takes, it, that right there makes it so much easier to stomach. Mm-hmm. I like that. I just created this pile of poop. <laughs> it's my PG version of what I want to say. 
Um, but isn't that it? I mean, because that's what we do. We have to stop and say, well, why am I bringing this in? I mean, and, and it doesn't go away, by the way. It doesn't matter how much inner work you've done or shadow work. or, I mean, I just went through it myself this weekend of really having to look at some things that I've created for myself on a personal level that it's like, well, I created this. Like, I have to accept why I did that and really look at how I'm. it's actually serving me. Because it's always doing something for you. You can uh -huh. complain about it, but it's yep. always doing something for you. Yeah, it's true. But I still like the whole pile of poo because it makes it it makes it so much easier to look at when it's just like, gosh, oh, just yeah. And and I think the other reason I, I really want to use this because it's like you made it like a little pile. It's like just a little pile over there. It seems like it's more manageable than just being like, I did that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you guys need to write that one down. <laughs> I don't know if you say that on a regular basis, but I'm like, I kind of like that a lot. I get to take responsibility for that right there. It's just a little thing that I could change. Mm -hmm. A little pile of poo over there. Yeah. Well, like yeah as you know, in, at the quantum level, like it's all just, you know, light packages, you know, that's all it is. That's all this stuff is. It's just little photon packages of light. It's not like. It's really not as traumatic as it seems. Yeah. And when That's you see it that way, you can just wipe it away and go to the next thing, right? Yeah, I like that. But it does, I like the, the idea because we make taking responsibility for our lives such a huge undertaking, like this huge thing that we just can't change. A lot of people will give up when they think that, wow, if I'm responsible for this, then you know, it's just like, it's too big. I can't do it. I can't deal with it. I'm not capable, whatever your storyline is. And so when you bring it into those small terms, it just doesn't feel like it's that hard to handle or deal with. It's like, oh, I can manage that. Mm -hmm. I can manage that. And that that's always a nice place to come from where it's like, it's not a mountain that we have to move. It's just like baby steps. It's one step at a time. You move these little things and people can manage that idea. And then when you work your way up to it, you realize you really can move mountains that you can create really amazing big things. You can get rid of huge traumas. You can start using um, the, the scientific elements of, of healing and, and manifesting and miracles. So, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of miracles, let's talk about, you know, your other projects because you have making miracles happen. You have all this great stuff you're doing. I was so honored to be a part of that myself. And, you know, what are you working on now and what do you want to share about all of that? So my, uh, my series is called Making Miracles Happen. It's a series that I, I celebrate holidays, basically doing <laughs> um these interviews just like we're doing right now incredible interviews with incredible people and you were one of those um people that i interviewed and i started uh you know doing christmas i did valentine's day and that led into healing because love and healing go hand in hand um, and health and then i went into we just today is the last day of my um my making miracles happen birthday edition because may is my birthday and so we celebrated that way and I got to have a really cool, this is funny. So I, um, my, my boyfriend and I decided that we wanted to watch Xena, I think like a year and a half ago. Like we're going to, oh my God, we haven't watched that since the 90s. So let's do Hercules and then let's do Xena one day. Like this is just a one day we'll sit and every day we'll just watch an episode or something. And um, it took about, a, it took until November. So it took a, a, probably over a year for us to decide to sit down and do it. 
and we watched Hercules. I'm talking, divine timing is amazing to me. We watched Hercules first, and then we started getting into Xena, and we have this episode of our favorite villain. She's such a great actress. And before we move on to the next one, he was like, I, I have a question to ask you. And I was like, what? And he said, like, do you interview, like, is it like just like psychics and healers? Or do you interview other people who are just kind of like in that? And I was like, well, anybody who can, you know, talk about miracles, like it doesn't matter what they do. And so he was like, could you go look up that actress? And sure enough, she does yoga. She does astrology. And I'm like, oh, wow. oh my God, what? So he's trying to convince me of why I should be, um, you know, asking her to be on the show. And I've already like messaged her. <laughs> Emailed her messenger. And so I actually got a chance to to interview her. And she talks a lot about because she's a yoga teacher, she does astrology, and she talked a lot about enlightenment. And that was so much fun to do that interview. Um, just because we realized the timing, mm -hmm. the timing of everything, because we actually had a conversation afterwards about the timing of all of this was incredible. And so I, I'm, I'm such a believer in divine timing. I use divine timing. My life is about divine timing. You coming on the show was divine timing um, because of what we're doing later on in the month, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's really fascinating to me of how all of this came about. And the only reason I'm doing this series in the first place is because my guides came to me and told me I need to do it. Mm -hmm. Like literally voice. I was yeah. like, oh, this is what you need to do. And so I was like, well, I don't have to question it because they told me. I don't have to try to manifest something because they're just telling me what to do. So all I got to do is take that step. And everything has been perfectly aligned all the way down to, to today, which is pretty amazing to me. So anyways, my series that uh, is ending today, today is the, the replay where everybody gets to actually watch um, the end. And then I move on to Halloween. I get to take a three month hiatus, a break that is much needed. And yeah, we I talked and you were like, I'm not taking a break until like, what was it, 2032 or something? I was like, what? I took May and June. So this month and, or actually April and May. So last month and this month, I took a little break from clients, um, still doing shows and everything. But yeah, it's I know how you feel like after you do something like that it's it, you're wiped out <laughs> since october i have done 80 something interviews like it was non-stop it was non-stop interviews and then you know planning the whole every time you know the the series comes out so i was like let me take that three-month hiatus from filming and then let's go back for halloween so halloween i'm really excited about too is because I get to have each and every speaker either tell us an, an angel story, a miracle story, mm. do a healing at the end. Like it's going to be different because it's Halloween. It's kind of like you're kind yeah, of I expecting that. that, that mystical supernatural level. And so I'm like, that'd be really cool, paranormal, whatever it is, but you get a story at the end. And what I love about uh, people who educate is when they entertain at the same time, because you remember things and storytelling is just the, the oldest way of sharing information. And I know, I know for a fact that if my speakers can share a story that is memorable to, memorable to someone, even if they don't remember exactly what it is that you do, they'll remember your name and they'll look you up later if they need mm -hmm. you. Like, I remember that story. Who told that story? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so stories are a great thing for speakers. It's a great thing for the audience. It's a great way to stay engaged, to be entertained. And so I'm like, ah, I'm going for that. Like, I'm excited about this. So I'm very excited. But each and every one has been um, miraculous for its own reason. It's really incredible. Oh, that's so exciting. I, I, of course, love Halloween. It's like my favorite holiday always. 
And, um, you know, I used to do, it's kind of funny. I used to celebrate Halloween every year by, I would only talk to like famous dead people on Halloween for my clients. So like they would just come and we talked to all sorts of crazy people. So we talked to Al Capone and we talked to Edgar Casey and we talked to, I mean, it was just one of those things. I haven't done that in a really long time. So now I might have to do that this Halloween because it was always so fun. I mean, Halloween is so special, you know, it's just a special time. Don't miss out on the opportunity to have fun. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like now all the work that we're doing, we need it. We do. My cat just unplugged everything. So hold on a second. Kitty. Kitty. Little cauldron. She, uh, she's my sweeties. Here she is. Everybody loves cauldron. Really? Is her name cauldron? Her name is cauldron. She's my magical kitty and she's so sweet, but she just unplugged everything. She's like our little mascot of Buddhist biohacker, huh? Hi. <laughs> I had an all black cat. Put me down. (laughs) I had an all black cat named Winston when I was growing up. Reminds me of Winston. I love that. Yeah, she's a little sweetie, but she did just unplug. I was like, screen just went black. That's not right. (laughs) (laughs) At least it was on my second monitor, so it wasn't on this one. (laughs) Oh, that's a good thing. Oh my gosh. Oh well. She just wanted to make an appearance. Like I've arrived. She did. She wanted everybody to see every once in a while. She hasn't been on in a while. And sometimes she crawls up here and she just wants to be the star of the show, which is so funny. Um, I want to talk about quantum miracles um, because you and I are both in quantum miracles mastery docu-series. And so what are you talking about in this series? I want to hear about this. The miracle of healing. The miracle of healing. Yeah, I'm... I don't know where I would be without healing, to be honest with you. Like if I had to stay on the, the level of I'm just going to do psychic readings and kind of work on myself here and there and, and not really embody this work, I have no idea where I would be, but I've seen so many miracles happen doing the healing work. You know, people having diseases that they tell me disappear because I, I don't know what happens. I can't go in and do an x-ray for you or whatnot. So I really just have to take people's testimonials and what they tell me. And when you come and tell me that something was there and now it's gone or that a chronic pain has disappeared or my depression is completely gone. I don't have anxiety anymore. When people are experiencing, you know, they couldn't sell their house and all of a sudden their house still like that trips me out too. Um, Cause they're like, yeah, it's been on the market for three years. We can't sell it. Can you help me with that? And I'm like, of course, yes, I have confidence in what I do. And within 30 days, it sells. Um, these are all miracles. It's something that you needed to have happen or wanted to have happen and it happens, right? And you couldn't do it before. And so all of these miracles that just come in waves and then learning how to do it to where it's not even supernatural anymore. It's not even like this this mystical thing. It's like, oh, I know how to create a miracle now, you know? And uh and so there's that that healing, that healing and the miracles and and healing. And so I I talk at, at length about that. And I love the way Melissa asked questions on that series, like the the lightning round at the end. I was like, "What?" <laughs> she just put me on the spot. Like and then that was like so much fun. I was like in shock at first. Me and too. Was I was like, fun. "What is the lightning round?" I wasn't prepared for this. I, I agree. I was. I thought the same thing. <laughs> And then I was like, at the end, I was like, that was so cool. I kind of want to steal it. You know, I want to do that to people. Let me scare you. 
that was so cool. But um, guys, you know, it's divine timing because Melissa, the one who who um, who hosts that docu series, she was on the same show as you. Yeah, yeah. She was on. She was on Making Miracles Happen, the same, the Health Edition, and so uh, that was really cool. And that's that's how all this unfolded. And and we we're gonna like be taking the stage with some of the incredible people that I follow. Like I followed um, Jack Canfield, um, Chicken Soup for the Soul, and um, I always yeah, forget Bruce how to pronounce his name, but Miguel Ruiz, I oh, think yeah. is how yeah, you pronounce Daniel it. Miguel Ruiz and Bruce Lipton is like. I can't tell you how many times um, I've read Biology of Belief. And so to be sharing a stage with Bruce Lipton is so incredible. And yeah, it's so synchronistic. I'm so grateful to you because it just has all worked out in this synchronistic way, you know, for all of us to be able to work together. And um, I've got an event coming up in October also for Radical Compassion Month um, to celebrate Gandhi's birthday and be advocates for nonviolence. So you'll be sure to get a call from me. And awesome. Too, because it's going to be an incredible event. So we'll, we'll all be busy with our um, fairy wow. dust sprinkling in October. It like. <laughs> exactly. The fairy dust sprinkling, what we've been yeah. called to do. I, I love the fact that the call has been so clear. You know, this has been happening mm -hmm. to people for so long, but it's for us, I can see that the call has been wider spread. It's been very... Um, precise, like you need to do this work now, like people need this work now for so many people and that we are willing to show up for it because there's a lot of people who are getting the message and the hint and they're not showing up. So I'm, I'm like, everybody's on their journey, no judgment there, but it's, it's so refreshing. It's so nice when I get to meet people who are showing up and we're like, we have work to do, we have to do it. So it's like, it gets to benefit the rest of the world when we show up. And hopefully those of you that are getting the message, that it's time to get started in something new. It's time to present yourself to the world. It's time to start helping people that you'll eventually start to listen because we can't do this without you. Mm -hmm. It's true. You know, we talk about saying yes on this show all the time and, and that's it. I mean, you just have to say yes. When it lands, you just have to go and figure out the logistics as you go. I don't know about you, Adrian, but it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing and I'm going to have to figure it out as I go. Like there's really never, but, but you're always supported. Um, but you do just kind of have to say yes and just do it and, and trust that you're going to learn what you need to learn as you go through the process. And get beyond the freak out moments because it, it, every time you level up in life, every time you say yes through your own fears, you are going to come up against your own brick wall. See that brick wall behind me? <laughs> you're going to come up against your own brick wall and you have to determine if you want to go through it or if you want to turn around and, and back off. Right. And I, even just when, when I, my guys were telling me to do the making miracles, um, happen series, cause it's an ongoing series. I don't know how long I'll be doing it, but it's an ongoing theme. It's we'll be talking miracles for a long time. Um, I, I freaked out and I had an opportunity to back out and say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go any further with this. And then I had an opportunity to go, I can get through that fear and just say yes and continue moving on. And I actually had to do a lot of healing on myself to, to make that first step of, I'm going to ask people to come to my party. Mm -hmm. 
And it, it's weird too, and this is how I would like to explain it because I'm sure this will help somebody. A lot of people will come to me and be like, well, how am I supposed to do this? I'm not as successful as you. You did TV, you did radio, you did this, you did that. And I'm like, it doesn't really matter because I've done TV and I've done radio and people know who I am. And yet I still sat there and go, these people aren't gonna wanna show up to my party. Like I can't ask somebody who's bigger than me. I can't ask somebody who has more success or somebody, There's the storyline was huge. It was huge. And so I sat there and I was like, my alarm just went off. Um, so I sat there and I was like, they're gonna say no, I'm gonna get rejected. They're just gonna say no. And so for me to say, yes, I got, you know, the actress Hudson Leak and I got people from Oprah, I got you to say yes, you know, I got all these people who said yes and I did get some no's. And I realized these people are probably busy or they don't do the kind of interviews anymore. I mean, they're beyond that. You know, you get tired after a while, especially when you're older, because it's usually older people that say no. And then you have people who are super grateful, like, oh my God, I can't wait to do this. I'm so excited. Thank and so I got to experience the whole range of it. But in my mind, I only thought people were going to tell me no. Mm -hmm. And that was my hurdle. And it didn't matter where I was. Like I said, it doesn't matter how much success I had in the past. When I leveled it up, I had to come against my own brick wall. And it's like, do you stop or do you keep moving forward? And I kept moving forward. And it's not necessarily the easiest thing. But when you do it, when you do it, the miracle is on the other side. Because you know what would have happened if I said no to this. Look at all the opportunity that would not have happened. Yeah. I get yeah. to reach people on a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the internet thing has take, <laughs> taken off, especially since the pandemic. So, um, you know, if I hadn't said yes to this, I would still be like, oh, I'm old school. I used to do TV. I used to go drive in to do the radio. Like, you know, that doesn't even happen anymore. Like people don't even do that anymore. <laughs> yep. so I would have felt my age at that point. So. Well, and I think yeah. what's so cool about the collaborations that we're all doing is, and what you're talking about, about yeses and nos, is there is a level of trust that we all have that whoever says yes is who's meant to be part of our movement. Like, that's really what it is. Like, we all have a mission and a movement. And when you say yes to that, like, we know that's the universe saying yes to that person, to the collaboration, to the effort, to the commitment, all of those things. And, um, you know, and those folks that say no, for me anyways, I kind of think, you know what, like, they're just not aligned with like what I'm doing right now. And I also respect, I actually, you know, I got some really great yeses that ended up being pretty scattered and they weren't able to support. Um, and, like what we were doing. And that made me really look at myself and, and my own commitments. And at the same time, I also got some no's that were really awesome and functional boundary oriented that were like, I just can't commit to doing this at this time. Like I can't get behind it um, in the way that I should, but keep me in mind for the future. And I share these two things because I want you guys to really think about your commitments because we, we, those of us that say yes, sometimes say yes too much. <laughs> and, and so through the collaborate collaborative effort, I've learned my own yeses and nos. You know, I've learned when I can say, listen, I can get behind this 110%. I can do for you what I would want you to do for me. And I've also learned when I've had to say, you know what, I can't, I, I can't do 
this in the right way, you know, and that going back to what you said about the, the taking some time off, that's part of what my taking a break was. And I'm sure it's part of yours too, is recognizing like when we do need to slow down, because the spirit really asked us to go at the speed of light in 2020. And so now there's this kind of like balancing. I don't know if you've experienced that, but it's kind of like, okay, I have to slow down. I have over 700 videos on YouTube. I've got to get organized. Like I can't do all these other things. I mean, yeah. you do get overwhelmed and then you have to take a break. <laughs> that that was what I felt was the overwhelm um, and having to take a break. But, you know, I it's interesting. Um, we had a conversation when I, cause I, I interviewed you for what, two hours, like close to yeah. two hours. Cause I interviewed yeah. you for both. Yeah. I forgot. I interviewed you for love and, and for health. And a lot of the, of what you said, um, is, is just kind of starting to come back to me. Like some of the stuff that you said <laughs> that you're, you're bringing up now just about, um, moving forward and saying yes. And, um, what really stuck with me that you had said was that you had, you had did this. And when people, because it's, it's hard work, you guys, like this is not like the easiest thing. And then we bring to you a lot of these gifts for absolutely free. And it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of effort. It's hours and hours and hours we put into this because we had the call to do it. And we want to help the, the planet that we live on. Um, and so Lisa, I don't remember how you worded it, but you basically were telling me if people can't show up in the way you need them to, then you're like, screw it. They don't need to be on the show. <laughs> and it, when you said that, it was like, Okay, so I get to say no to people. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not begging you to come on here. I get to say no to whoever I, you know. And then I was like, and I get to determine how, how you show up. And if you can't do it, then that way I get to say no again, right? So it turned the tables of people are going to say no, 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 no to me to, I can be the one who says no sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I've had to do that. I've had to do that. But it was, you know, there was, there was, um, there was, this is a prime example I'm telling you. So we, what we need to keep everything organized as you're saying, organized, yeah. we need to keep everything organized. We need it to be really simple because again, this takes hours and hours and hours to do. Um, we have to remember who the speaker is, what they, you know, we have to remember all of this stuff so that we can interview you. I don't know how Oprah does it. I'm just like, Oprah, wow. That production team, <laughs> anybody who's helping you out, oh my God, give them a hand, give them a present, give them something, and thank you. Um, so this guy is like, you know, I he he came to me and he said, my wife said I should reach out to you. And he said that uh, um, he's very well known and gave me the numbers and stuff. And I was like, okay, so what I need you to do, I would love to interview you, but what I need you to do is fill this out so I have everything in one place. Oh, it's on my website. And I was like, Mm. It doesn't work for me. I, I don't have the time to go to your site and start picking and pulling. Like, what do you want me to have? Like, what do you want to share with the, the community? And can we put it all in one place? And it wasn't all in one place. It's just like, I have to go here and do this. And then I have to fill out the form. And I was like, you know what? And there's no judgment on that. He is at a place where he doesn't have to fill it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the truth. Like, he's so successful. He doesn't need to be a part of my show. But at the same time, I, I don't have the time and I don't want to have the time to have to fill it out for you. And so therefore it just wasn't a match, but it was, a, but when I did that, when that, that no was there, that we're, we can't move forward with this, your words ring in my ear on how you said that. Cause it really, it was like three or four sentences that you told me that just stuck with me. Like they have stuck with me this whole time. Like that empowered me. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, and to be transparent, I mean, that that is the truth. I I so we did um well we I did um over 150 interviews for Buddhist Biohacker last year. And I also did four summits. So I did over 400 interviews in one year. It was insane, by the way. I will never do that again. That was crazy. I can't um, imagine how you did it now. I'm trying to. Oh, I know. Although we're already 50 episodes in and it's only May and the Buddhist Biohacker here and we've already done a number, another summit. But all that to say, um, I worked with over 300 different practitioners and my gosh, it, it was a journey of learning. I mean, you learn a lot about boundaries. So, you know, it's a lot to say yes to doing these collaborative projects, but there is shadow work. There is a learning about what we are committing to, what we are doing for others, who's willing to collaborate and share. You know, there's a lot of people who didn't even share that they were on my show. And so, you know, those are the things where you have to set step back. And one of the things that I learned, and this is a very transparent, but you guys know me, I'm pretty, pretty much tell it like it is. But, um, you know, Adrian, one of the big things that I learned is, and it was through you, like you had asked me to be part of making miracles happen. And it was the first time I was being asked to actually do this. I mean, here I am doing all this work and you know how this goes. You're being, you know, doing all this work yourself. And then finally it was like, oh, I'm finally being asked to do this. And I had a hard time making space for it. And that was when I had to say, what am I creating in my life? Because what I want to create is a balance of being able to do this work, but also to be recognized for the work I'm doing. And I wasn't making room for the recognition. I wasn't making room to speak out. And that's a big lesson, you guys. Like that was a big lesson and it it did impact me. And it was part of the some of the changes that I made was like, you know what? Like I want to make space to really get behind some of these other events and collaborations that I want to be a part of. I mean, that's that was a huge lesson, Adrian, because we I had don't no idea. Yeah. We don't I didn't know that was your first one. I had no idea because of all the stuff you've done and you've been doing. I know. Wow. Right? Yeah. That's incredible. Well, yeah, because before that I was telling people, no, I was like, no, 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 no. And when I got your invitation, I was like, okay, I really want to do this and it's time for me to step out. You know, it's kind of a funny thing. So yeah, it was the first one I actually did and was able to do. And then in turn was like, okay, I need to make space. Cause this is what I'm supposed to be doing is doing. You this did. Too speaking and all these things, um, in addition to my own platform. And so I'm grateful for it. And it was, it was a really good learning for me, you know, and that's where you guys have to stop and say, well, when I have time, I'll do this, or I really want to write a book, but I, you know, I don't have time for it, or I really want to do this and I don't have time for it. You have to stop and ask yourself why you're not making time to do what you were meant to do because, and that's what I did. And you know what? I finished my book. Um, this weekend. It's done. Wow. Um, it's in the editing process now. So it should be out in the next six weeks, I think. Um, and um, I did finish that. And I am in the new um, series with Melissa and Adrian. And, you know, I am in more things actually coming up. And that was part of just, you know, you kind of have to our, our time and space is malleable. So you kind of have to just move things where it actually supports what you want to create instead of just filling up the space because you're so mission driven. Cause I don't know about you, but like I'm mission before money, I'm super mission driven. And then you forget, Oh yeah, I have to 
eat and rest. And I also want to be part of other people's collaborations and so on and so forth. I'm still shocked. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, you showed up and said yes to me for two interviews, not one, but two, one on love, one on health. And then within two months, you were sharing the stage with like some of the biggest spiritual leaders. <laughs> well, you know, it's a long time coming. I mean, I'll tell you guys that much. I've, I've been speaking for years at, you know, doing all of the holistic fairs and those events. And like you oh, said, yeah. those are kind of like, I mean, I, they're probably going to kick back off again this year if they haven't already. But like you said, that kind of time is done. And it's time for the global stage to really begin. And so I think, um, you know, I've been super active in all of my local events and speaking and teaching at different holistic fairs and things like that. But now it's time for the other stuff. So, yeah. So thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome for that. It's great. <laughs> it's and amazing to me how the community I, that's what I love about doing the interviews is it, like the community comes together. They're like, okay, can you help me? I'm going to help you. Thank mm -hmm. you for the opportunity. And then somebody tells, you know, that person about like it, the, the you're literally becoming a part of a community. And if I had to said no to this, I would be on my own. And mm -hmm. I actually like it better being part of a community. So I'm just sitting here like, wow, this is, it's really amazing. All the people who said yes are coming together and, and, and every, what I love about the interviews too is is hearing somebody's story because people's stories are so unique. Mm -hmm. So to hear your story, I feel like I'm you know I'm back at doing an interview because I feel like wow, I get to listen to this person's story is so phenomenal. Like what? Really? Like that was your first time saying yes to this? It's so incredible! <laughs> so incredible what happened after that. I'm just sitting here like. Wow. And what I love about saying yes, when you really know something has to be done and you say yes to it, no matter how scary it is, divine timing. Like you don't mm -hmm. even have to wonder if you're, oh, am I too late? Am I too early? Like it's divine timing. And I'm, I'm listening to you tell me how divine this timing really was. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, everything happens exactly how it's supposed to. And it, it is time, you know, it is time and, and it's been time and, and community is everything. And speaking of community, I just want to remind everyone out there, if you haven't downloaded the Ajata Casa app, please do it. Adrian, you got to get in there. Um, we have almost 500 people in there. We've been open 90 days and it's wow. growing exponentially every single day. So for those of you who aren't aware, um, I did develop my own social media app. It is nonviolent. There are no algorithms, no tracking, no tracing, no censorship. We just ask that it's not violent and it's not divisive. So we recognize all perceptions of truth in Ajatakasa. Ajatakasa is Sanskrit for infinite and boundless space. And that's exactly what it is. So um, I do want to remind everybody to get in there. And it's on Apple. It's on Google. It's on the web. Download it. Ajatakasa. Dot com or you can just search A-J-A-T-A-K-A-S-A. But yeah, Adrian, you got to get in there because it's so amazing. I mean, people are just sharing their awakenings and their gardening and their cooking and their spirituality and their tarot cards. And it's just so fabulous. It's like an amazing space for all of us to connect. And um, we do have a webinar next week. Sorry for the plug, guys, but I am going to share a free webinar next Thursday, the 20th. Um, all you have to do is go to lisamgunshore.com or ajatacasa.com. And it's an announcement bar right at the top. But I'm going to teach you how to access the content in the app. So we have over a thousand hours of content in this app. 
presentations, meditations, divination classes, you name it, it's in there, um, not to mention the community space itself. And, and so you want to come and be a part of that for sure. So that's my plug. <laughs> I, I, you were not playing when you told me that you were like nonstop. I am not. Wow. That is for sure. And uh, we just keep going. But the community space is so important. And, and it's so beautiful in there because we can just be ourselves and it's safe to be ourselves, which is really important. And it is. I want to give you space here at the end to share with people how they can get in touch with you and what you have coming up and, and what you have going on and how they can access you. Um, so right now we are just ending, like I said, making miracles happen birthday edition. And so I am taking a break when it comes to actually interviewing people, but I'm still doing interviews. I'm still doing, um, amazing things like me and Lisa, we're going to be, in, I think it's May, mm -hmm. the end of May. I think my day is May 29th. I, I think yeah. yours was too, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, I think we're on the same day. I think it's same May day. Yeah. Uh, so May 29th will be appearing. <laughs> some incredible speakers. So yes. you should definitely get them in on adrianblackwell.com. And I spell that with E-N, not A-N at the end. Um, adrianblackwell.com and, and everything is there. Like if you really, it's just about reaching out to me. Like people want to talk to me, they can reach out to me. I'm very personable. I will help you out. I'll give you some information. If I'm not right for you, then I'll send you to the person who is. So uh, don't be shy. Reach out if you want to. Um, and then I actually have a webinar that I have going on this month just for people who have never tried my work before. They don't know what to, you know, what to expect. I always do like a free webinar to educate people and give some, some healing work. And, um, and then it's kind of, I have a lot of interview stuff coming out. Like, <laughs> I might take a break from that too, because I've been saying yes since day one. But um, right now I have just, a, I, my months are full. So if you want to see, and I'm trying to say yes to one of each topic. So like if people want to cover uh, intuition, then I'll do an interview on intuition because I actually speak to my guides on a regular basis. Like we actually have conversa conversations. Uh, a lot of people are struggling just trying to get their to listen to their intuition just to try to get a feeling they're like i don't feel anything and so i get to come and go this is my experience and how i got to have conversations with my guys where they actually tell me what to do and i don't have to question it i'm just kind of like i trust you i've been working with you for over 20 years and if you think that i should be doing this then i'm just going to go ahead and do it and not argue how to get beyond the, the fear you know when you say no even when you know you're supposed to be doing it so um i have things like that of financial stuff like lavish abundance how to live a life of lavish abundance um i'm just trying to cover every topic i can before i take that that real break where i'm just like yeah i'm not doing interviews right now i'm good uh, <laughs> i want to give you guys as much information as i can so that's actually what i'm doing right now cool I love it so much. And you guys can also, you can search Quantum Miracles Mastery DocuSeries. I also posted it today in Ajata Casa. So it's in the official feed. Um, and if you're on my mailing list at lisamguntra.com, I sent out something today and there'll be some other things going out in the next week or two. So um, yes, join both Adrian and I on that. It's going to be really, really exciting. And Adrian, I hope you come back. I hope you dive into the community and um, I hope we stay connected because I just really value and appreciate your energy so much. Thank you. I will definitely be back. I'm yes. saying yes. Yes. Do it. Do it. <laughs> and thank you. Oh, I just choked. 
Thank you to everybody out there who's been watching. You guys have so many great comments. Thank you so much, Jeff and Carrie and Nikki and just Hope and everybody who's out there that's sharing all these great comments. I love you so much. And um, this is our last episode of the week. We are back. Let me look. Okay, so I am part of the Ageless Self-Care Living Guide with Rico Caveglia. He will be on on Monday because we are launching that guide, which is so fabulous. He has um, over 100 practitioners from around the world who are part part of this guide, which is pretty exciting. So he's going to be on. We're back with Marlena from the Bahamas on Tuesday for Tarot Tuesday. I'm looking here at uh, all the stuff I have going on. Oh, and let's not forget big guest on Thursday, Andrew Bartzis, galactic historian is going to be back with us and he is so fabulous. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about all sorts of wild and crazy Anunnaki's and who knows what else about our history and the ultra terrestrials and everything. So I want to tune into that. Oh yeah. Andrew is so great. I love him so much. So he's going to be back next Thursday also. So we have a big power punched week next week. And in the meantime, I will see you guys in the app this weekend and have an amazing day. Thank you so much, Adrian. And thank you for everybody who's watching. Bye. Bye.